Well, hello and welcome to Mind Your Peas, the Purposeful Leader's Guide. We believe in all the peas, people, purpose, planet, philanthropy. And today we're speaking to Dorina Garland, who's co-founder and chief experience officer of Uni. Uni Pizza Oven, the best pizza at home. So we're bringing in another pea today, which is pizza. <laughs> Uh, Dorina and her husband Christian have built their portable pizza oven company from humble beginnings in their backyard to global success and recognition and I think Wired magazine amongst others recently named them as the best pizza oven and I can attest to that it is brilliant. Uh, along the journey they've stayed true to their core values and let their personality and people focused approach shine through so Dorina it's great to have you here. Oh thank you Caroline what a lovely introduction nice to be here. Listen, tell us, tell us all about Uni, a little bit about Uni and, and your values and uh, where they came from, why they're important to you. Okay, so um, yeah, I'll jump in. Like the Christian and I are married and we had another business before we started Uni, um, which was called Sukla. Sukla means chocolate in Finnish. So it was one of my first words I learned in Finnish. Christian is from Finland. Nothing to do with the business, but it's just a word I like. Um, and our work there was all about um, empowering those within the education systems to actually help build learning systems and of the future. So often young people aren't involved enough, often teachers aren't involved enough in designing kind of how education rolls out um, and can be quite disconnected from why they got into teaching in the first place, for example. Um, so what we learned through this there is a reason for going here what we learned from this is we met so many different organizations we we're in so many schools we we're in so many ngos we were in like doing kind of global partnerships it's an incredibly exciting business um and every time we went into like a new school you could tell kind of instantly from the receptionist what kind of culture the school had or the business has i think you, you kind of know what i mean where you, you know you're greeted with warmth and you can see staff feeling empowered and a lot of it it was just like learning by being there and kind of going oh wow this is a massive difference um we were often working in in areas of social deprivation so like some real challenges but there was really different cultures in those on those organizations so um when we came to design uni to build uni the company it was based on christian having a great idea for a, a problem that needed solved um, which is about him, himself getting great pizza at home. And um, so that's where the kind of idea came from. But when we started it, we particularly put culture at the heart from the beginning. So culture and values have always been really key. Um, the culture piece is just about making sure that it is as important as the product. And, you know, like we love work and people spend a lot of time at work. So we may as well make it a really amazing place to be. And one of the the reasons that we can do that and I fully believe that it's it's beneficial to everyone including the business and the bottom line is to have a team who are truly engaged and empowered just like the kind of great staff I saw in some of the experiences at Sukla who are like building the company with you and building the vision with you um, so yeah I believe it's a key motivator for for teams um, so yeah it, it's a uh, it, there's just like no loss if it's a complete win-win to have that uh, front and foremost in your business so yes that's the purpose part yeah and and you talk about you know culture being as important as the product and having an engaged and empowered team why why is it as important do you think 
I mean, like you're, we're only su as successful as our people. So Christian and I are incredibly humble and rightly so. You mentioned that in the outset, like we hadn't done this before. Neither of us were designers. Um, we had a business that uh, with Sukla that was like a consultancy. It very much washed its face, and we did brilliant work. But you know, we we weren't a global consumer brand, so we've not done this before. And and actually, many of our exec team, as brilliant as they are, truly brilliant they hadn't done this either. So we're building something that we haven't done before. And therefore, it's, it, we're incredibly reliant on great people we bring into the team um, from every level and their fresh eyes on the business. That's something I say in our introduction, it's very cheesily called history in the baking. So when we're inducting people, I'd sort of talk them through the story and say that, underline that part. Like when you join us, please look with fresh eyes and tell us like, Oh, or ask questions why is it done this way in the last place we did this or it might just be that we've not thought about it so um kind of people are everything and also I believe that you know it's, it wasn't me that said it. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Sir Tom Hunter that creating good jobs is kind of one of the best things you can do for society um and I think well yeah like having a business that's good having a team that are happy and engaged is is good for society as well as um as just your organization so yeah tr truly valuing people and what they can bring is is part of our plan i love that i just love that you know creating good jobs best thing you can do for society i've never heard it put in that way before do i think it's great so you you've got five values ambition innovation rigor kindness and passion obviously we, we're interested in the peas but but kindness <laughs> is in there I, I, I don't think i've seen kindness as a value in many places why 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 did you put that one in and what does it mean do you know well the good we are now 110 people in our business which has grown pretty quickly in the last year numbers wise and um, but when we for the first few years we were really tiny and i think when we were about three years into the business we did a values exercise with the seven of us, I think we were in the team at that point, and looked at words that we already live by and that we want to kind of be associated by and um, sort of finessed them down. So this came from the team, the wider team, albeit a tiny one at the time. Um, and we came up with four of these. Uh, rigor was brought in later. And I have to say that rigor was one that was aspirational. It wasn't really a true value at the time. We were just like, we're so lovely and like scale uppy and like agile and fun <laughs> probably didn't have enough people in the team at that point who brought natural rigor and like you know dot the i's and cross the t's and um as we scale do realize that we really do have to to be that we're not a scale up anymore we're, we are a global brand and hopefully we get a lot bigger in the future so um, we went through and actually kind of stuck to me i remember when it was suggested it's like well i love that but like that is it a bit wishy-washy and I swear it's absolutely the most powerful value that we've got because it colors everything and um you know from interactions we have with our customers to partners and to communications and to thinking about competitors and you know it just is a really important um especially like just now when we're all working remotely you know like slack messages our internal message system um they could be clipped or like not quite understood. So we're always kind of reminding people like, was that that kind? We're actually, we're not always having to, but people sort of self-police and, and recognize that it is truly a lived value at Uni. So I absolutely love that. They're all really important. Um, but that was one I was like, well, that gets a lot of, like when people ask us about it quite a lot. And it's probably the one that during the interview process knew 
high like candidates say that they love when they hear that in the kind of job specs or they see that in the job specs. Yeah, I, I spoke to uh, Lise Hudson, who's the rector at Dundee High School, and she talked to me about their kindness agenda. I just mm. love that. You know, just it's not it's not something, you know, it, it, it just puts people at the heart of everything, doesn't it? So, so I, you know, I, I, I really understand where you're coming from there. Um, and so, listen, you, you co-founded and created Uni with Christian, your husband. Um, mm -hmm. What's that experience like, Jarina? We want a bit of warts and all here. <laughs> it's so funny um someone else asked me that recently so for since we had Sukla and we, we basically always work together so it's not been it's I don't really know much else but I have to say we're incredibly different and that's always been a, a real strength um I'd say complementary in our skills and the way that we look at business but ultimately aligned on kind of purpose and vision so that's important um I think just being really different and having different areas of responsibility is the best thing. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody recently, I have said that in the last year, because we are literally working at home um, and being at home the whole time, uh, and it's been really busy, although we've had some great success, it's been a challenging year. So <laughs> Christian's like, come into the uh, bedroom. He gets up at 5.30, you probably know this about him like 5.30, the latest, and I'd usually get up about seven. Like, so he comes in seven o'clock with a full like meeting agenda. And I'm just like, still lying in bed, like, uh, what? Like full on massive discussion. Cause he's really awake and he's had time to think about this huge challenge of, of, of uni, whatever it is that day. So I've had to sort of say, can we not do that? And we've always had a bit of a rule that we don't speak about work to say after nine very much because he goes to sleep very early and without any challenges. And I, if I have any work conversations, kind of good or bad after nine, my head kind of buzzing and I'm there. So, try, and things like we've got kids, so we try not to speak about work at the table and, you know, have our phones away and that kind of thing, which are just sort of healthy rules, I think. But we, we have had like a really good balance because we've always had young kids in the business like whilst we've had uni and that's kind of coloured our culture as well and what we hope the team can experience it's like work-life balance so we it's good and uh, you know I don't know if you know but my brother is our chief sales officer so we've got more than just family in the business and some of our other execs have been like lifelong family friends and yeah and there's other husband and wife teams in the business now and and good best pals for life and all all sorts and yeah, I think it's good because it, there's kind of a shorthand in terms of purpose and like, yeah, what's the word? Like, a sh it's definitely a shorthand to kind of we get each other, but we also really, really need and have brought in kind of diversity of thought to make sure that we are challenging each other. But yeah, it works. It, and I think there's, it, it'll probably be even easier when we're back in the office again to have a bit more kind of division of, of life and, and work. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, we're obviously all currently during the pandemic working at home and you know, now more than ever, more people have um, have been with their partners, you know, and their and their kids at home. In fact, I read an article this morning that said that the 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 divorce, the divorce rates gone up 300 percent in the oh, last yeah. 12 months, which is which is pretty scary stuff. But no, it's always really interesting when you've got a family family dynamic there. And, you know, from a, from a little sneaky peek at your LinkedIn profile, I can see that throughout your career, you've, you've always combined creativity with a passion for education. 
does that follow through into uni yeah definitely I mean yeah so creativity is is huge everywhere we we worked for Christian and I met when when we were both studying photography um down in Kent so I was doing a master's and so we were we were studying a creative subject um and then when we worked for our first company Sukla we had big contracts with this thing called creative partnerships which was basically on the back of a white paper written um well, years ago now by people like Sir Ken Robinson and Jude Kelly from um the South Bank Centre and Sir David Putnam and like great kind of leaders in creative thinking who said that um, the education system isn't giving the thing uh, the young people the things they need to thrive in real life so kind of real life skills and um, creative thinking skills and divergent thinking skills are being kind of almost eradicated by by the way that the school system is set up so but really simply put creativity is is just problem solving right and um, there was all sorts of things that we tried to kind of sort out in schools where they would have like oh here's our creative space where we can go once a week and be creative and we're like oh my goodness how can you see how constraining that is like here we go and we're going to play with paint and then go back to real life sitting at our desk and um, so it is really important uh, to me but I think it should be it should flow through kind of everything because it simply means that you're have the mindset that you can solve a problem and that you can get better at things and that you can approach a problem in a certain way so innovation you mentioned is one of our core values and that ties in quite a lot to to that mindset um yeah so something i'm really passionate about and i think it has a place in business especially like an entrepreneurial business like ours where you constantly need to be adjusting and adapting and thinking on your feet um but yeah, it should be a skill that we all nurture and believe that we're capable of. And how does how does the uni product of today compare with the original? Has there been lots of changes and iterations? And yes, yes. I mean, what are we eight or nine years old? Um, so, and Christian has really has really kind of led this in terms of wanting to constantly iterate and innovate and act like a tech company. So usually hardware product companies don't release as many products as us and um you know we could have had the first uni for three years and done well with it you know we were selling really effectively um but he's not we've never kind of rested on our laurels and are always like pushing pushing the boundaries um because we've created this category of backyard pizza ovens it's been ours to shape so having that speed has been a sort of key thing for the success of the business because we get a lot of like interest every time there's a new product, a lot of press, a lot of um, new customers and and just kind of incoming eyes on the business. So that's been important. But yeah, like we've brought on a product team now who are incredibly um, brilliant. And, you know, we have an engineering team, we have um, a product design team, we've just brought in an electronics engineer. There's lots of things we're doing to make sure that we're uh, pushing and leading the way. And and um, and so yeah, one of our goals actually was for uh, the first oven was brilliant and not too complicated, but there was certainly a, it, we launched on Kickstarter and there was certainly kind of like geeky niche element to it where people who who could work with this this tool were all about it. And to become the global brand and a mainstream brand that we want to be, we need to make ovens as accessible as possible and as easy to use and intuitive um which we've we definitely have done um and are continuing to do you know we're not stopping yet 
Yeah, brilliant. And and on the just on the topic of work experience, what what would you say on your CV that your family are most and least proud of? My own work experience, like things yeah. I've done, like jobs wise, you mean? Yeah. Or <laughs> well, uh, I think they're really proud of everything. To be honest, I think having supportive parents is is, very, is something I'm really lucky about. Um, uh, what would this like? Probably uni, um, because we clearly, you know, are able to create jobs and and do things at the moment and have an impact, but. You know, our family really loved the events we did in Sukla and we still have this thing called Opie, which is our global learning festival that happens every year. And um, my mum's been to that and both my parents are um, had backgrounds as teachers. So they really, really care about the kind of changes we're, we've made in education, at least to facilitate good conversations. Um, my, I got fired from a job in a next door hotel when I was young. So I was working when I was 13 and I got fired as a waitress doing like silver service and stuff. Uh, but it was because I said I was 14. So it was just for straight up lying. Um, I don't know if they'd be proud. My mum knew I was working there, so she was probably quite proud. I would say that um, like we've always worked. So Christian's background is, um, his family have been entrepreneurial for a long time. So like owned businesses locally in Finland from, you know, a metal, uh, not a metal welder, like a bell foundry to a restaurant and service station and his parents owned the local supermarket and um, the building that housed lots of other things. So working hard is probably in both of our bloods. Uh, so yeah, it's just like part of, part of who we are. But yeah, I, I don't know I what they'd be that. least proud of. Sacked. <laughs> sacked as a silver service waitress but only because of your crap. age not because you dropped anything or oh well yeah actually they found that I was young I'm sure they might have kept me if I was any good I am incredibly clumsy so it does make me laugh even now I was a waitress as well in um, in Glasgow when I was at uni and I would just like you know you have to open bottles of wine at the table I would just like sort of splash it on the customers and then try and be endearing and still manage to get tips but yeah, not the best, not the best at that. <laughs> yeah. and, and how would your how would your friends describe you, Dorina? What what three words do you think they'd use to describe you? Oh gosh, um, I guess people orientated. So I am, um, uh, yeah, I'm really feeling the lockdown. I think everyone is, but um, I talked to Paul, who's our joint coach for Invistage, and you know he's definitely would describe me as extrovert in that way, where I get my energy from people. Um, so uh, talkative, people-orientated, and um, positive, without a doubt. Um, I'm, I'm positive to a fault, I'm sure. Brilliant qualities. So let, let's talk a little bit about purpose. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about purpose as, you know, your company's reason for being beyond, beyond making money, I suppose, the kind of mm. the positive contribution that you bring to the world. And I know that at Uni, you're really committed to supporting social and environmental causes with your partnerships. Yeah. I think you've got partnerships with Eden Project, 1% for Planet, Slice Out Hunger. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, um, again, I think like because we've had experience with another business before, when we started at Uni, we're in a good place to kind of go, you know, we could be a company for goods. And, and I think that we're not by ourselves here there's so many companies in Scotland particularly that we know about that are, have that similar mindset so always um 
we've always been motivated by more than profit. In fact, profit is is kind of down the pecking order to a fair um, fair extent, um, and as a a lucky byproduct at the moment, you know, it enables us to continue to grow and make good jobs and to serve customers and all of that. But yeah, having a positive impact on people's lives, uh, and I believe it's like actually we have to do it. We ha- we have to, and companies should um, act in this way. And there's a lot more we could do. I can remember asking some of our team that had joined from really corporate backgrounds. Imagine that big companies did the stuff that we we're doing. Like imagine they decided to give one percent of their revenue to social environmental causes. Like that would be amazing. And I definitely felt a difference. So like when I was in Sukla, I'm always been very good at connecting with people. Found myself at dinners with like ex prime ministers and you know talking to celebrities and just like. Um, wheedling our way into like these great lovely relationships with with really important people but when uni started doing well we had a different seat at the table and we have a different voice and uh, with like it or not businesses have power so to both demonstrate kind of good behaviors and to give back and put their money where their mouth is in literal sense so um, it's something that's really important to us and when we first started it was just important to us but as we've grown, we realise that it's incredibly important to the team, especially when we do values aligned hires, which is all we do now. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's crucial, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose what, what you're saying is businesses have got the power and it's almost like there's a place in society for those that, that do more. I'm really interested in your comment about profit being a lucky byproduct, which to some might find they might find alien, um, you know, that I, I think what I'm hearing you saying, Darina, is that you put people and purpose first and then the yeah. profit comes. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I stand by that. I think it would be laughing if our CFO was on the call, but he is also, he <laughs> really cares, you know, that there's like revenue is, what is it, vanity and profit sanity and all of those things. Like, of course, it's important. And we haven't been... Um, a, a risky business in the sense that we've, we've always been profitable, which is incredible. And we know that we're lucky. So because we started on Kickstarter, we had money up front and interest up front and we've always kind of grown being in demand. So it's from a privileged position of having profits um, in the first place and it has enabled us to grow. But, we, you know, it's never been the guiding light. You know, we started off with the germ of an idea and like, wow, this is incredible. Christian's created this product that's really special. We love it. Would other people love it? Tested the market. Other people loved it. We got loads of press and kind of their hearts and minds won over by this amazing tool. And then it's grown from there. So it's much more about that, like enabling people to have great pizza at home and seeing the joy that comes from the customers. And then like my, I definitely get my kicks from um, like the team's feedback and how our own team are, growing and thriving and engaging and coming up with ideas and helping shape the business that's hugely um I don't know motivating for me so yeah there's there's loads of reasons that we want to keep on going and going in this direction but there's way more than profit in fact if you, I think if you chase that we would have just fizzled out ages ago I really do because for example one thing we could have done is and we still could do is like uh, very very cheap products because we know that people will buy them but that's not good for the brand and um there's you know it it might be like a flash in the pan whereas we're really trying to build a company to last and to be 
a global brand that's authentically good. And you recently made the decision to increase your employees' wages. Speak to us a little yeah. bit about that. What what led to that decision? What why was that important to you? What what did you do? Well, we've been back and forth about I've mentioned this already, Caroline, about motivation and like I'm kind of obsessed with what what um people get from being at work. And we constantly talk to the team about that and or not constantly, but often check in about what drives them. So there's like I'm really inspired by the like Dan Pink's work and I know that other people have done similar things about you know they want autonomy they want mastery and they want to be what was it empowered autonomy mastery the three things anyway um so interesting what drives people so the reason I talk about this is because we've been like should we do bonuses like how does bonus culture work we want to have a team that kind of celebrates in the success of uni and is growing with us that's without a doubt um, and we've been back and forth and talked to our board and talked to many businesses about it and a, a few of our team have come from really corporate backgrounds where the, the bonus culture was a norm and essentially everyone has said that it fails it doesn't work it and that's because uh, like that kind of carrot doesn't make people work harder in fact it can lead to disillusionment so we're often thinking about how we can reward our team um properly and in a meaningful way so one thing we've always done is to have a passion fund um, so passion is probably my favorite value um, and that is basically 500 pounds a year to spend on something they really care about something for them that they're passionate about and um, it's an odd one because 500 pounds is, is you know significant money but not masses but it's something you have to spend on yourself it makes people think and there's been some brilliant stuff that people have got over the years um, thinking about kind of rewarding team what we've landed on at least for this year so we had um, an, a really epic year of growth last year it was incredibly busy and people worked super hard um, and every year we've had a theme a working theme for our focus so two years ago uh, it was focused actually so that meant having um getting people into positions where they really did own a, they owned a channel and they knew that this is my part of the puzzle because prior to that we were quite startupy and lots of people doing lots of different things and um, so that was part of it the next year so 2020 our focus was on being a world-class team so how do world-class teams operate how can we level up from being really great to being world-class in our behaviors and then this year our theme is leveling up so what that means as like we've scaled so quickly we've probably accelerated our growth about three or four years faster than we planned which has been so that which was already ambitious um but it's incredible and to commemorate that at christmas we um announced to everyone that we were going to raise the baseline salary to twenty five thousand pounds um and previously some of the opening salaries have been as, as like nineteen thousand. so you know un not unusual for a, a graduate role for example but we wanted to do that it's a very long answer because we think that that having a decent salary is more beneficial for individuals lives so they can do more if they have that like take home, take home salary in terms of like mortgages or kind of life decisions and um, everybody else in the business who was on more than 25 went up by 10 percent. so it was a kind of leveling up of salaries and our investment in people across the board and yeah it's something we're really proud of i was i was talking to a potential candidate for a role who works in London in a really big organization and told him about this and he was just like wow our starting salaries are like 20,000 in London like how can you do that like well why not how, how can't we 
Um, so yeah, something that the exec team talked about, I think it was Christian and Andrew had the idea originally and um, and it's gone down really well with the team as it should. So it just means that anyone in our role um, hopefully feels valued from the beginning and, and we can continue to scale with them. That's brilliant. What's the feedback been from the team on that? Yeah, very positive. Um, you, we've hired a lot of people in customer experience or uni experience team called um, and that naturally those those opening roles would be like kind of lower in the in the banding. Um, but being able to kind of bring people on and say like straight off the bat, we're investing this in you. Um, I think it's been really positive. And we've had from people who are, on, you know, higher up in terms of pay who've come and said, I'm so proud to be part of a company that thinks about the gap, you know, between the kind of top and the bottom end and tries to, to um, narrow that. Um, so yeah, it's been positive. I, I, I think I can safely say across the board, it's something that people can see we're putting our money where our mouth is. We can always do more, but it's important to us. Yeah, and and, and your passion fund, I love that. What, what sorts of things do the team use it for? Is it personal yeah. hobbies or is it charities? Uh, or? It's usually, you know, it's always hobbies or it's individual things. So like the, we've said like what people can't use it for is like, you know, your weekly Tesco shop, like things you would have to do normally. It should be something specifically about passion for them. So for example, it could be that they're really into specific food and they want to get like a really posh ingredients and have an amazing dinner or visit the best restaurant in Spain in the olden days when we could travel. Um, lots of trips have happened. So people going to, you know, New York um, baseball games uh, with their partners, um, people doing yoga retreats, uh, buying electric bikes. Um, like, yeah, quite a lot of sports stuff. What else? Camping. Um, oh, somebody bought a puppy, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, we think we've all bought puppies this year, but um yeah puppy uh oh it's just been brilliant to see and then there's a like a thread on our slack channel where they share the, the things they got up to with the passion fund um but yeah we're really really keen to hire people who are passionate about stuff and, and stuff outside work and it's a it's a weird one you can tell i'm sure you do loads of interviewing but straight away when you ask that like what are you passionate about outside work and people light up and they and that's the kind of thing we want to encourage as well is to like like we're hiding the whole person so uh don't you know even if you're busy at work keep going with the things you care about and actually invest a bit of time in them yeah so uh, that the passion fund brilliant that's um i'm going to take that back to our team actually that's great Excellent. And, and so like we can't ignore the fact that you've gone from i think you said 50 to 110 staff have you recruited mm -hmm. them all online uh, yeah, yeah, it's mental. I think, again, this is good like, and speaks to the importance of culture because because culture is infectious and the, the right side, right, um, the positive sense of infection, um, that it's not just about us doing this onboarding now. Our team onboard their team members in really brilliant ways. And I can't believe how successfully it has been. Like, we've, we've literally got half the team that we haven't met in real life, but we've but that feel like part of the, the team. And we've, um, yeah, and the feedback from all of the new starts has been like, wow, we're so excited to be here and what a positive um, culture and like feel lucky to be part of it. And starting off on, on that footing is really good. And when we, when we talk to individuals who join the team, we're like, we need you to continue this. You know, you won't be the new ones for very long um, if we keep going in this direction. So please like, 
you know, promote a positive kind of culture for everyone in your interactions and be open and feedback when things aren't good and, you know, have making that culture feedback the norm and all of those kind of things. But yeah, I, I'm surprised because, you know, as I mentioned, I absolutely love people and there have been things we've lost this year in terms of like those interactions that are informal and the copy copy making moments and all of that but we've gone out of our way to make sure that we are making those happen so there's a random copy generator on that's announced every week on Monday where people are paired and have a copy you know someone in Austin with someone who's working in Bangkok for us for example or um, all sorts of uh, of, of random coffees and then trying to like most people to keep the social elements going um even false for remote so it's but it, it surprised even me like I think I think it's been incredibly successful considering we haven't met like I don't think I would have ever said oh you should hire someone without meeting them in real life before so who knows what can happen well, listen, not, nowhere near your numbers, but the whole of my team was recruited online because we obviously oh, launched amazing. a social good connect in May. And, um, you know, it, it, of course it's difficult. And, and I suppose in old, old world, who, who on earth would do that? But actually it's been, it's been brilliant. And um, we've had to build relationships online. We use Slack as well. And I think mm. sometimes you're right, you know, it can be, um, you need to be careful on Slack and that kindness element is really important. So um, that's good. Listen, there's one thing that I admire about you among many, Dorina, and it's uh, um, one of our values is about being brave and, uh, and just asking. And so I want to talk to you just a little bit about Louis Thoreau, Bruce <laughs> Willis, Dolly Parton, Tom Kitchen, totally. Phil Schofield all those amazing celebs who are endorsing and buying your product how how did you make that happen well it is being over familiar is definitely something I learned quite early in my career and probably because I, I just genuinely love people so I think if that comes across and when you make a connection with someone you're that you're that person rather than like oh can you do this for me over here like please do this for me like oh I've got a really specific request straight off the bat it can be a little bit um too much basically so you know I mentioned our learning festival Oppie and in the first year of that we did this huge um festival that was like a thousand people we had prime ministers and we had like Will I Am's team and we had NASA space station involved and we had like it was just brilliant um angry birds all playing you know like that game just so many different brilliant people involved um and it was just from being kind of open and authentic and going we love what you're doing and, and that they ask at that point was if there's something that's already on youtube or that's in your regular talk don't do it give us the thing that you're really struggling with like create something new and use this audience in a much more active way than it's like usually like stage on the stage anyway i digress but our kind of skill set Claudia and I who ran um Sukla mostly were just like we're just that type of person who or type of people who can go out and be like hey we love you <laughs> let's be friends um and so that's something I've taken into uni and have tried to like sprinkle across the team is just like everyone is accessible and if you love someone in a like if you're in love and I'm impressed by somebody you should tell them and make a connection with them um so yeah that's been part of our culture for a long time you didn't mention Barack Obama he's also got an uni that is like one of my kind of 
ultimate dreams come true. But yeah, Dolly Parton, she's got four. So that this bit all came from basically an idea we had, which was um, start of the pandemic, everyone stuck at home. Um, and we ran this like tiny campaign, internal campaign called Star Stuck at Home, which was, you know, usually people um, are hard to get hold of because there's agents and involved. And, um, you know, like if we were to reach out as a brand to say, oh, we'd love to gift so-and-so an oven and be like, what's the expectations do you want them to do? Like social media, da 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 like, or there's massive fee involved. And our... Our philosophy has always been, I don't really think that paid um, social influence is that useful because it's not always, it's not authentic half the time. Sometimes it can be, but we've never really done much of that at all. Um, and we've always been on the mindset of like, give people we admire products and if they cover us, they cover us. And so that was exactly the idea with Star Stuck at Home is to go, who are the people that are like culturally align, like values align that we think are kick-ass and let's reach out to them and see if they want an uni. And that was basically it. You're bored at home too. Um, and we'd love, we are very impressed by you. We'd love you to have a product. And it really did work. Um, yeah, just reaching out and and then like with no ask, right? So there's loads of people that will never make um, social media content. Beyonce, she's never gonna make an uni ad for us, but <laughs> you know, she's got an uni. Um, it's just, it's mind blowing. So. Um, people that you you think are great, um, reach out to them and tell them is my philosophy. I just love it. And honestly, I've taken your advice and I'm using it with my own stuff and people that I admire and really reaching out to them. And, uh, you know, I've got I've got a little post-it note on my on my desk that says just ask. And oh, think, amazing. You know, honestly, for, for weeks, um, I was trying to get... Um, Get someone actually to come on as a podcast guest and uh it was like oh don't want to ask don't want to ask and you know just that whole philosophy of if you don't you know what's the worst that can happen really the same absolutely so people really don't say no as well if you are nice like it's like it's so that's part of the like reaching out to get help or to, like in terms of giving away ovens and like making friends our, our project is basically now called operation make friends which is kind of how we want to do all partnerships but in terms of business help, it's been incredibly helpful too. Like we're, like I say, we are humble and humble for a reason. So if there's anyone amazing, they're like, that company is smashing it. Like just ask. And everyone said yes around the world. So like, yeah, what do you need? Here's our CFO or here's our CEO or like, let's talk. And it's, it's even easier during this kind of Zoom age, isn't it? Because, you know, it doesn't we don't have to travel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so Dana, you know, we're we really want to encourage other business leaders, you know, charity leaders to um to include purpose as you know, and people in purpose right up there, right up the top. And I've worked in a sort of corporate social responsibility charity area for years mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and never more so than now do I hear people talk about this, which is amazing because five years ago, there was, there was very few that you could sort of, you know, pick out and, and, and say, wow, they're leading with people in purpose, which results in, as you've described, a brilliant culture, massive growth for the company, you know, just benefits all around. Mm. Are there any other individuals and companies that you think do this well and, and what do they do? Oh, there's loads and there's wonderfully there's loads in Scotland. Um, so yeah, I'm part of a, 
uh, like started being uh, what's called Scale Up Scotland, which was an initiative run by Entrepreneurial Scotland and um, the Hunter Foundation. And that was great. We met so many, I think there's about 14 companies in it. All of them are pretty much purpose-led. Beauty Kitchen springs to mind. They do some incredibly kind of beautiful, sustainable products that are completely, um, yeah, 1% for the planet and B Corp led. So B Corp is an interesting um, tool and platform that we're going through as well and want to, to be certified for. Um, I mean, obviously there's there's companies like Netflix, which are up there at the top of like leading um, on a kind of global scale. Brewdog, if you mentioned, uh, amazing stuff uh, where they're incredibly political, I think in a good way, you know, and make sure that they, they jump on things, um, but ultimately have huge sustainability goals at the heart now, and are, are really leaning into that. Um, yeah, loads and loads. Like, yeah. I don't. I think the good thing is, like you you say, is that we don't. We're not by ourselves now. And you know, my point about like, why do big big companies not do more to do good? Because how easy is it for us to make that decision? And like the answer I got was because their their structure is so complicated that they actually can't in the way that their shareholders are you know it's it's but you were seeing more younger companies um really believe in these things and and start from the beginning that's an authentic part of their business or charity goal um and uh, you know there's you must be much more up to date than than I on it but like in terms of what team members want they do want those purpose-led companies so if you want to retain and attract talented people um it's a it's a no-brainer absolutely and finally Darina what what parting words of wisdom would you have um for those businesses who who you know they're they're maybe just going through an evolving journey and they're just you know it's a real challenge for people as we know right now it's you know mm. right slap bang in the middle of a global pandemic second lockdown um you know hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel with the with the viruses uh, uh, sorry with the um vaccines vaccines the virus vaccines um the vaccines you know what what sort of advice would you give to those organizations who've not quite figured this stuff out yet oh um i think if you i think to to make sure that you spend time looking at what your values are and what your purpose is because it you should be able to align your whole strategy around it um and for us it's given us a lot of clarity I say to people when I do the onboarding, the history and the baking session that the only hiring mistakes I believe we make are when we haven't used our values as a key part of that. Or we've known that they're not quite our values, but like their knowledge is so good and their experience today is so good. And um, oh, it's fine that they're not passionate because we've got passion in spades, but we don't have this particular part of it. Um, and it's just not worked out like those those kind of few times that we've gone with that like more sensible oh that's fine rather than the kind of gut and the values alignment so I would say really hone in on what they are for you and what and they should be real not aspirational they should be things that you're already doing that are really core to you and your beliefs and your your founding team beliefs and then hire and live by them and they shouldn't be like plaques on the wall that should be things like we have values awards every year and um people nominate when they see their staff their fellow team members doing things they 
they like throughout the year put in values nominations and their feedback. So it is really kind of part of our comms and our culture all the time. Yeah, so um, hire by them and live by them and then you'll have a really strong team. Brilliant. Well, listen, we've, we've talked some of the key things you've talked about. We're obviously all about, you know, mind your peace. We just want to really inspire people and, and leaders to to think about to think about this stuff. Um, you know, some of the bits that you talked about, Darina, were culture as important as the product, engaged and empowered teams, creating creating good jobs is the best thing you can do for society. I think we'll 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 be pulling that one out as a great quote. Kindness is you a definitely value. have to quote Sir Tom Hunter there because I'm pretty sure that was his. Um, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, like I, I yeah. think it's true. It's really it's true. Um, profit's a lucky byproduct for all the other things that you've put in place and businesses have got the power to give back your passion funds so I think we've got power, passion and pizza coming from you today uh, <laughs> people and, too and people, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely but the most important question of the day is should you have pineapple on your pizza? Well, we have made a lot of um, material around this. So you probably, uh, you mentioned Louis through, you know, that he starred in our campaign around this controversial subject. I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> too, it's too controversial. We just need to watch. We just need to yeah. watch that, right? Just we'll get Google, to that. yeah, pineapple and pizza. I'll put it, I'll give it to you and you can check it out. But it's, yes. uh, it's, it, it makes me laugh so much how controversial it is. So we try to play on that. Um, and no, the truth is, it's not for me. But I wouldn't judge. <laughs> and listen, if if, um, if our listeners want to follow your journey, where can they find you? Oh, um, well, we're on Instagram as at UniHQ. Um, it's probably the best place, and we have a Facebook community, um, which is again it called Uni Community, and that's absolutely thriving and lots of chat there. Um, and obviously on our website, uh, because we're creating more and more content all the time, and like have lots of kind of exciting pizza um, lessons and kind of masterclasses and stuff coming. So yeah, uni.com. Brilliant. Darina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thanks Thank for being so a guest. Much. Thank you so much, Caroline. And I loved all your, um, all the peas. That's excellent to hear and um, well done on your journey so far and smashing it. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Darina, wow, what a great first episode to kick off the podcast. Thanks so much to everyone who's listening in. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd liked it, remember to hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and please share it with your network. In our next episode, I'll be talking to Andy Lothian, the group CEO of Insights, to hear how he brings purpose and passion into a global company. Until next time.